Hello, and welcome back to Functional Spirituality. I want to talk today about the history of yoga. And for sure, this will be most interesting for yoga teachers and yoga practitioners. But I think there might be a couple of little tidbits in here that will be interesting for any other spiritual practitioner and meditator alike. The history of yoga is something that I have been super interested in from the very beginning of my spiritual path. One of the first yoga schools I went to was a school that was teaching and interested in and preaching traditional hatha yoga. So I really got into texts of hatha yoga and very much was interested in like the ancient traditions and these old, old techniques. And I was so interested in the promises of paranormal powers and the liberation and the metaphysics related to it. And also the way that the school had presented it to me was, you know, with all of the authority of a huge school saying, you know, all of this is true. And, you know, we've seen it happen. These are, this is all the proof that all of these techniques and ancient practices are valid. This is the proof of all of it. And um, so I started to be really interested in it. And I was really interested in the different techniques and the breath control and all these kind of complex practices. And the whole history of yoga is just fascinating, all of its different iterations and some of the philosophies are profound and and resonate deeply inside the being. So when I started to really get into this kind of traditional yoga, there was a lot for me to explore and I kind of dove in really, really interested in it all. But over the years, my discernment started to grow. So I was only 22, 21, 22 when I first got into this traditional yoga. Before that, I was practicing Bikram yoga, but wasn't really interested in spiritual practice. So as I grew older and my practice matured, discernment started to grow. And I started to actually see what worked and what didn't. I could definitely see what was providing effects, but I also started to see what was providing actual results. And I started to discover more and more. And like I said, this discernment started to grow inside of myself. And I became way more interested in why this was the case. That some things worked and some things didn't. Before, I was most interested in trying to subscribe 100% to the techniques and the recommendations of these texts, you know, these texts were saying to, you know, stay in a forward fold for three hours and 20 minutes. And at that point, Kundalini will rise up your spine and then you'll get enlightened and all of these magical powers and stuff. So originally I was trying to subscribe to that 100%, but then I actually started to become more interested in what was actually working and why was there a difference and where did these techniques actually come from? Maybe that was important too. I also started to become interested in the overall scene as well. So between the different yoga schools that I was a part of and in the wider spiritual and yoga scene as I was 
teaching in a variety of different places in Australia, I was in Singapore and and back in Mexico and Thailand. There were so many different yoga schools around. I started to become interested in what was working in the different schools and also what I saw was that the belief in yoga can actually cause suffering and hold a negative value. There was this idea that I was definitely subscribed to that everything is valuable and anything you encounter in your life is 100% set there by God, by the divine, by the sacred in order to guide you along your path. So there was this kind of idea that everything you encounter in your life has an individual value. So it has a value for you and your life and your spiritual practice. And this I can now see, according to me, in my opinion, it's a confusion of the absolute value of everything to the individual value. So the absolute value says that absolutely everything is value, be- valuable because it exists. Everything holds the exact same uniform value of existence. Everything that exists holds the value of existence, which is, you know, to in some ways the highest value of anything is for it to actually exist, for it to be. But that's different from individual value, which is this whole kind of premise of functional spirituality is that as individuals, we have things that are valuable to us based on our individual complexity, based on our purpose, based on our, our systems at any moment. And what's valuable to us does change as we transform. This is our individual value. Most people never even seek to discover what do I really want and why do I want it? What's of value to me? And then, of course, after that, we want to align ourselves with a path towards that. So I started to see that not everything is a gift on the spiritual path. Everything can be seen as a gift, but some things are not, everything is a gift on the spiritual path, fine, but not everything is a gift and a help towards certain aims and goals and values. Some things can offer us a negative value. Some things can slow down our progress towards a specific goal if it runs counter to that goal. So even though yoga has historically been defined as both a path to end suffering and also the goal itself of liberation, in practice, it regularly does not fulfill this. And I want to speak a little bit about why this is the case, because it doesn't have to be the case. It's just very common that when we first connect to spiritual truths and spiritual experiences, we are easily captivated by charisma, by guru culture, and we're also prone to reconcile many things in order to validate our belonging. So we're We're prone to overlooking our gut feelings. We're prone to reconciling many things. So to just kind of say, oh yeah, those all fit together. Those all equal each other. Those are all fine. That all, all works for me. Because we're so captivated, spiritual practice has always had, there's always been a strong emphasis on good self-promotion and charisma. 
It's important that we know that. Spiritual practice, yoga practice, religions, teachers, it's always been connected to the state. Just like politicians need to have a good good emphasis on self-promotion and charisma. I don't know why we don't. Maybe you can think for yourself. Why don't we have the discernment with spirituality? It so easily hijacks our need to belong, to fit in, to validate ourselves. We really need to understand that at the heart of our spiritual practice is our trauma. That's not just an interesting thing that I'm saying. That's something that I strongly believe in and, and have a strong case for, is that Spiritual practice evolved as a response. Spirituality and religion evolved as a response to human suffering. And human suffering came into place as complex stress came into place due to the way that we override our biological needs in order to form structures and society, which is, of course, something that's super valuable that nature decided to make humans do. But there is a price. There's complex stress. It causes dysregulation and it causes suffering. And spirituality, according to my theory, which you may have already heard, has developed hand in hand at the same time as complex stress and dysregulation, or in other words, according to the spiritual traditions, suffering, as suffering has come into place, as original sin has come into place. It's actually just dysregulation from overriding our biology. This has been happening for millennia. At the heart of our spiritual seeking is trauma. And that gets so easily hijacked. It doesn't have to be that way. But you know the kind of superficial, fragmented culture that we live in that has, you know, degenerated over centuries and, yeah, maybe not millennia, but centuries. Our culture can easily hijack our trauma. And this is not even intentional. It's just what happens. So our ego starts to adopt a new set of conditioning, a new identity. But that needs to be questioned. You need to have your understanding and your practice questioned so that you can go deeper. My spiritual progress is a graveyard of my old spiritual beliefs. I think I've quoted that from Adi Ashanti many times on this podcast, but the capacity to refine, to mature, to let go of your old spiritual beliefs, to use them as crutches and a map so you can go deeper into what is valuable for you is important. For so many people, what's most valuable for them is the spiritual techniques and the spiritual philosophy is the goal. But that's not a good goal. Why would you want your goal to be some text or some practices or to stand on your head? That's like using spirituality as a sport. The most valuable thing for a baseball player is how he can pitch and how he can, you know, hit a ball. If you want your most valuable part of your spiritual practice to be how you can move your body and if you can focus your mind and if you can understand philosophy then that is the greatest advantage that you're going to get. Really, as a mature practitioner, we want to look beyond that. What 
And by doing these things with my body, by understanding this philosophy, what do I want to attain? That has got to be the most important question that exists. What do I want to attain? Because only then can you evaluate your results and your progress. And only then can you align your path to see if that is actually a path that works for you. I don't know if you can hear a bunch of heavy breathing in the background, but it's not me panting. Honey has finally been allowed allowed into my recording room. She's promised to be really quiet, but she does breathe heavily. So maybe you can hear that in the background. And also, maybe you can hear me scratching her to try to pacify her so she doesn't go too crazy while I'm recording this. So the history of yoga, I guess right now I'm just sharing the importance of looking at the history. When we look at the history, we see that there has always been competing systems of theories and practice. It's always been connected to the state, to power, to wealth, depending on how much one system is funded, can very much depend on how popular it becomes. And also, but not always connected to, how profound it can be. So just because something is popular doesn't mean it's profound. But sometimes those do go together. And there's this idea that if you can find your master yogi, if you can find an ancient yogi, I just hear this shit all the time about, oh, you know, but they were with this guru in India. They were with this guru who was with this other guru in India. That puts me off in such a big way. The idea that some master yogi can teach you something that is going, like that there's some master system, it proliferates this guru culture which disempowers seekers. Yes, there are tools and philosophies out there that you can study, but the idea that you need to get close, your proximity to an Indian yogi, you know, everyone says, I really, really, really want to do a yoga teacher training in India. What I've seen from the yoga teacher trainings in India, well, that's another story altogether. Um, They do not, it does not promise quality and it doesn't promise proximity to your goal and to your values and the success on your path. There are other way more important factors that determine that. Yoga has always, since its conception 2,000 plus years ago, it's always held aside. It's always been a philosophy in response to the other philosophies at the time or before it. So it's always tried to uphold its side at all costs. It's a philosophy. It argues and positions itself. Definitely it positions itself with its valid philosophy, but it also positions itself a little bit extra to say that we're better and everything else is is not as complete. We need to understand that and not buy into that. So many systems believe that their system is the absolute best. If, If you stand on your head for three minutes or five minutes, people who say that you have to stand on your head for one minute are the worst. And just competing and comparing the content of these maps None of the maps are actually the territory. You need and you want a spiritual practice that invites you into your own direct experience, 
but also into the building and refining of your own self-awareness, discernment, maturity, knowledge, context is so, so important. So I hope this has been a little helpful, <laughs> um, I guess, introduction. If you haven't listened to the What is Yoga series, I invite you to go back and listen to those. But just a kind of introduction into this idea of context being really important and yoga being not one distinct thing, but many different philosophies that are loaded up with their own biases and contextual differences that are really interesting and important to note because it's so important to zoom out and to see what results were yielded by these different spiritual practices and systems and intentions. You can We can look back now, look at history and say, what did they achieve? What did they, you know, when you're in it and you're subscribed to the system and you're following the guru, it's very different from people who are looking back at the time and seeing what place did it have in history? What did it offer spiritual practitioners? So it's important to zoom out. And then it's so important to zoom back in and clarify and refine. What is my alignment? How does that align with that? The more we can find alignment, the more we find effortlessness and momentum on our path. We want to enjoy our goal, whatever that may be. And spirituality is ultimately about inquiry. It's about moving from the surface towards the depth. So finding your alignment is a type of inquiry, a special yin, balancing, introspective kind of awareness that is the nature of spiritual practice itself, but also brings more momentum. When we're aligned, the energy flows. We're not resisting it because we're, when we're aligned, we're, we're naturally drawn to it. There's, we're such a complex system. If we can find something that aligns up with our complexity, it's like a magic that happens. So as I said, I hope that's kind of been helpful. Very interested as always to hear your thoughts. I get so many DMs and my social media and so many emails from all of you about how you're enjoying these. So if you haven't reached out to me, feel free to reach out. I love hearing it. I mean, it's very nice, all of the compliments and hearing how it's, you know, changing the way that you think and supporting you in so many ways. So that's always so great. If you have sent me one of those, I would love for you. I just had a look. I think I have like two reviews on the podcast. So if you're willing to post a review for the podcast, I think that helps us to like it increases our ratings and helps other people to see it. So please do post a review. Please do screenshot the podcast and share it whenever you're listening to it. I would really, really appreciate that as, of course, I put work into it and it would be great for it to reach as many people as possible. In September 2021, I'll be releasing a history of Hatha Yoga course if you do the teacher trainings with me, I know a bunch of you are attending our teacher trainings. The Hatha Yoga course is included in it as a bonus, as it's so important for teachers to know the history of Hatha Yoga. And yeah, in this course, we'll be zooming out into the whole tradition from pre-yoga all the way to modern yoga, um, going through the different periods and just understanding a couple of the key concepts so we can kind of get that bird's eye view of 
of the tradition and I promise that offers a refinement to our yoga and our spiritual path. Yoga is such a cornerstone of all spiritual practice that is happening on the planet today, without a doubt. It's been a huge, huge influence. So keep a lookout for that. If you are on our newsletter, you'll receive a discount to the course if you're interested in taking it. It'll be pretty reasonably priced, around 100 bucks for the course. And if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, just go over to the website and put, pop in your details. Would love to have you on our mailing list. I send out an email once a month with a little update for me and everything else that's going on. Thank you so much for listening today all the way to the end with all of the little promo. And I look forward to chatting with all of you soon. Take care.